So, oh, by the way, a, a backstory to this. I always love telling the backstory to the story. Um, Carl joined the group because he was walking out of church one day, and a bunch of guys surrounded him and made him sign up. So, it's really, yeah, exactly. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Most of the really cool things that become very inventful spiritual things, that's how they happen. That, that really is how they happen because God is at work around us. So uh, generosity, What's, what pops into your head when you think of the word generosity? Uh, what, think, what pops into your head when you think of the word of generosity when you're in church? Money, all right, good, because we are going to talk about money. Uh, I tend to, to, to always think, oh man, I should be more generous. I always think I, I should do better at, at my generosity. And so... The one thing I want to say to you right off the bat is this is not about how it should be or how you should be. This is about what could be. And it's this simple. This is why you should interact with what we're talking about today. This is why you should not fear what we're talking about today, but you should jump in with both feet. It's very, very simple. There are no greedy, joyful people, they do not exist. There are no greedy, joyful people. Greedy is the opposite of generous. They're opposite. There are, now, for those of you <clears throat> who love to be miserable, like you just like it. You enjoy it. You enjoy the attention and the attention that you get. You just like to be miserable. <clears throat> you can sleep through the whole message. This is not going to help you. And this is why. Because every generous person is filled with joy. Every generous, every joyful person you meet, truly joyful person that you meet, they're generous people. They've grown in their generosity. And the last thing why you should interact with this is no matter where you are in life, you can grow in your generosity. You can really grow in your generosity. It's, it's, how, it's how it happens. You don't go from greedy to generous by lightning. You grow into it. And so our passage that we taught, we're going to start with is uh, from Luke, and it says this, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Now here's the picture. You take a, 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 some measurement, some size of measurement, and, and God says, listen, when you give it's going to be given back to you, and it's going to be given back to you with this measurement. We're going to take that measurement, we're going to fill it up, and then we're going to press it down. We're going to get as much as we can possibly get in there. We're going to shake it to make sure we got all the air out. We're going to fill that thing up, and then it's going to run over in such a way that if I give you the cup, and you have the cup, and you're holding your, okay, give it to me. It's in your lap. It's going to run over all over your lap. It can't fit. Why? Because there's more there than what what that started with. And here's, here's the principle. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, you're generous with this size of a cup. Then you, you, you have that cup, it's empty, you poured yours out. You're going to use the same size cup, only it will always be more than that cup can fill, and it will run all over your lap. That's the simple biblical principle. This is what Jesus says to you. Now, 
Before we get started, there's a problem. There's a huge problem. And the huge problem is what people have done and said before I came and talked to you today. A lot of these people are pastors in churches, and a lot of these pastors are on TV. And they have come and they have said to you, listen, this is how it works. You send me your money, and God will, he will expand it 40-fold, and you will get rich. And anybody watching from the outside goes, I see a lot of older people giving their, from their fixed income that they cannot afford, and the only person I see getting rich is the pastor who asked for that money. Now, when we talk about this today, I'm going to walk through some myths here, and I'm just going to ask you to trust me. Uh, if I could, I should have. I should have put a picture of my truck up here. Uh, my truck's a 2005, has 185,000 miles on it, and none of this money that you're generous with is going to buy me a new truck. It's not where I get my money for my truck. It, that's not true for us. And, and we could end up, I could end up spending the whole time talking to you about how that's not true for us. I'm going to give you these myths. I'm going to ask you to trust that the reason that, I, well, I'll explain to you why I'm talking to you about it a little bit later. Myths. Number one, giving 10% is a formula. In other words, it's a transaction. Like, okay, I'm going to give 10% of my money to God, and then God's going to give money back to me. And the reason that he gave it to me is because I gave it to him. I don't know God. I'm not interested in God. It's like going to the bank teller, right? I don't know the bank teller. I give them this, and they give it back to me. That is some kind of formula. Number two, myth is God wants my money. Think about this, guys. God never actually gets the money, right? God never, the money doesn't go to heaven, and then he gives it back down here. It never go, it never, he's not interested in your money. He wants your heart. And your money, your, your heart is always tied to your treasure. Your heart is tied to your money. That can't, you can't change that. That's the way it works. And so, he says, listen, I want a loving relationship with you. And you're like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Good, let's talk about your money. I don't want to talk about my money. Wait a minute, that's my money. Because it's tied to your heart. You can't separate the two. Myth number three, prosperity is the goal. If prosperity is the goal, you're going to be manipulated. If prosperity is the goal, and that TV preacher, or that prosperity preacher comes along, he'll manipulate you. He'll get you to give you his money. If prosperity is the goal, you're greedy. Prosperity is not the goal. It's a byproduct. Now, interestingly enough, the byproduct always comes. It's a byproduct. People who learn to be generous, there's a byproduct of prosperity that does come along with it. But that's not the goal. That's not what we're after. Myth, last myth. Pastor Chris is giving this message so the church can get my money. That is a myth. I'm giving you this message because I want our community to be filled with joy and contentment. There was a missionary who, uh, he, he ministered to the Dayak people in Borneo. And uh, they were extremely poor people. And one day he, was, he went from village to village. He was walking to this village and God says, why are you here? He goes, because, God, you called me here. He goes, no, why are you really here? 
Because these people need to hear the gospel. He said, no, why are you really, really here? He goes, I'm here because I love you and I, and I trust you. He goes, that's right. But the people that you're ministering to, you, you're not teaching them about giving and generosity. And so they don't depend on me. They're not trusting me. They trust you. In other words, you're, they see you as the one who's taking care of them instead of me. And so he said, okay, I'm going I'm to do that. And he went and he talked to the leaders. And they said, we're not doing that. These people, there's no way. These people are unbelievably poor. We're no way we're going to ask them to give. And uh, these people were hungry a, a good part of the year. And the clothes they had were made, was made out of bark. It was very itchy, it, but they just didn't have any money. And so he said, okay, well, then I'm going to have to do it. And so he, he laid out to them, that, hey, this is what the Bible, and this is where I get my truth from, and this is where I've taught you who God is. And they said, yes, and we love it, and we taught, we taught you about sin, and we taught you about forgiveness and knowing Christ. And then we, yes, we love it, and we believe it, we believe it. He said, well, this is also what the Bible says, that you're to give. And he said, 10%. Um, and so they said, oh, man, that's good. I'm glad you, glad you told us that. We've been trying to figure out how to love God, and this is the way that we can do it. And so then they began to, every month they would bring chickens or rice or uh, whatever they were able to make, and they would give that money. And then I'll tell you what happened at the end of the story, at the end of the message. If I forget, please tell me to do that. Okay, here's the, I'm going to give you three things. I'm going to give you a principle, and then I'm going to give you a way to apply that principle. Here's the first principle. The bigger your cup is, the bigger God's cup is. It's that simple. The bigger your cup is, the bigger God's cup is. You cannot outgive God. You can't. It's a saying that flies around out there. It's actually true. You cannot outgive God, because the bigger your cup gets, the bigger his cup Yes, it's that simple principle. And so, here's the cup, man. There's the cup. Nice, good-sized cup. Or maybe this is your cup. That's all right. Or maybe this is your cup. Here's the deal. If you want to interact with God and you want to, you, you want to get rid of greed and you want to become a generous person... You increase, you literally go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that I can't outgive you. I love what you've given to me, and so I'm going I'm to I'm increase, increase the size of my cup. Well, at Skyline, we have taught you over and over again, we give from a joyful heart. We give from a joyful heart. We give from a joyful heart. And we've tried not to give you what's called the tithe. It's an Old Testament idea. But everybody who learned about tithing in, or learned about giving in the New Testament already understood what the tithe was. They already knew that the starting cup size is 10%. Now, a number of you, because I don't know what each of you gives, but I know like percentage-wise in our church, a number of you right now should be going, what? Do you know how much money 10% is? Do you, What? That's crazy. I could never do that. Well, I want to wrestle with you today. I want, to, I want to give you this application. Here it is. Here's the passage again. This is what God says. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's the principle. This is an application. Now, the principle is absolutely you can't outgive God. That's from God. God's promise is 
You, whatever size measurement you use, he's going to give back to you. Now, I'm going to give you an application. This is a way to apply it. It's not equal to the promise. Right? My application is a way to do it. Don't confuse the two. All right? My application is built on two things. One, what I've learned in the Bible, and number two, what I've watched happen. And this is what I've watched happen. If you budget and give 10%, in five years or sooner, you'll have to think about giving more. What? This is what I mean. For most of you, 10% is like, whoa. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. And so, and that, well, that's what it was in my life. I was like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. If I could just get to 10%, if I could just get to 10%. And one of, the, one of the concerns is that you think 10% is it. And once you get to 10%, you're like, whew, done with that. I don't have to think about it anymore. But that's not how you want it to interact with God. You want it to be about your relationship. Well, most of you are not asking that question because you've not gotten to the 10%. Here's what will happen. If you decide to give 10% next year, you budget and decide to give 10% next year, in five years or less, God will have either changed you or changed your financial situation to where you'll be like, you know what, hon? We have more than we need. Should we be giving more than 10%? You know what, God? God's expanding my heart. I want to give more. And you know what? We can. Let's do it. See, you will have more than you need or live on. To, I'm sorry, you will have more than you need to live on or you will need less to live on. Almost every time I say budget at the beginning, because almost every time this starts by you going, you know what, we're going to have to live on less. To do this, we've got to live on less. That's what we've got to do. And you know what happens when you get to 10% for a while? Then you know what? We need to live on less. But the whole time, God seems to grow what you have to live on. It's an amazing thing to watch. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower, in other words, he's, he's already given what you have now, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Store of seed, a farmer knows how much money he can make next year based on his store of seed. Why? Because the more I've got seed stored, the more I get to plant, the more I'm going to get to harvest. Even more so, seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, your yield will go up as well. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. He is going to change you so that you become more generous yourself. You will move from greedy to generous, which means you move from miserable to joyful. Next principle. God changes you, which in turn changes your fruit. This is the uh, byproduct part of it. God is interested in changing you, not your finances. But when he changes you, it often changes your finances and much more. So second application. If you give and if you budget and give 10% in five years, you will be amazed at God's fruit of generosity. In other words, you'll be amazed at what he's poured back. It's not just money. It's spiritual change. It's growth. It's generosity of heart. And so your ministry will change. Your marriage will change. Do you need more money to change your marriage? 
Or do you need to stop getting angry? What happens to your marriage if in, over the next four years God makes you a more generous person in your marriage and so you stop folding and you start leading? What happens? What happens and if you're in, in your marriage he changes you from greedy to generous so instead of nagging your husband, you're constantly building him up? Well, the fruit of your marriage is going to go through the roof. You'll be amazed. That's true for your parenting and your wisdom and your generosity. The Bible says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all, listen to this, in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I love reading that. You know what that tells me? God's going to do a lot in my life. He's going to do a lot in me. That's not me right now. It's not you either. But that's where he's going to take us. That's where he's going with us. Principle number three, God provides for his church through his people. God provides for his church through his people. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Skyline doesn't have funds outside of Skyline. All of our funds come from us. That's the way God designed it. That's the way he wants it to work. That's the way he, he, he set up the church to work. And so every year we do something called Faith Promise. We're doing it this year, and you'll be able to find it on registration. We'll talk more about it next week, because this week we want you to be interacting with, this, with God in your heart and this principle of generosity. But know that it's there, right? You'll just be able to go on the registration, find it, and, and fill it out. And this is my challenge to you, obviously. My challenge is that you go from whatever percentage you're at to 10%. For those of you who already give 10%, it's the exact same principles. It's just whatever percentage you want to go to next. These same principles apply. It's just whatever percentage you want to go to next. So God provides for his church through his people. If you budget and give 10%, right now about 20% of our people give 10%. If that doubles, if we go to 40%, It'll dramatically change what our church can do. If you budget and give 10%, in five years, your church will be impacting our community in ways you could never dream of. That's what the Bible says. If you budget, I'm sorry, you will be enriched in every way so that, so that you can be generous in every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people. This giving is not only supplying the needs of our church and our people. It's not just, you've seen it over and over again, where we ask, hey, we've got this need, and you guys give generously. But it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now, what I love about Skyline is you can meet person after person after person. They have amazing stories about how God has changed their life. How God's at work in their life. How God is, he's changing them. You know what that is? That is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now, I just came up with my, my little dream list. This is my dream list. God's going to do way beyond this. You have your own dream list. As a matter of fact, you might be able to jot that down in your little notes there. Right? Here's my dream list. Number one, a summer camp for junior and senior high. I want us to do a week-long summer camp at Foley Field. 
that has paintball, slime, all kinds of crazy fun teenage games, right? I want us to do it for a week. I want us to bring in speakers that share the gospel with them all week. This is a setup for what happens for the rest of the year. I believe if we fund something like this, we would have thousands of kids that would show up to this thing. It would be an amazing thing to be able to do. Uh, number three, I put number two, number one and two together. Number three, a garage where men meet, we own our own garage, like five-car garage, all right, where men meet and fix cars for needy and single moms trying to get on their feet, all right? Number four, we start a singles church that meets in the chapel. Number six. This is totally mine. This is 100% mine. I want, to can't, I want to paint all three buildings the same color. It'll be, oh, it'll be so cool. Has nothing to do with ministry. I just want that. Okay, number seven, sports leagues for adults and kids with character taught at each game. I mean, where you know that when you, you, you get this kid involved in that, they're going to teach them what the Bible has to say, and they're going to teach them character. You know, you know our community is starving for this. They need this. Number nine, community drama. When, I, when we, I didn't do it, but we did it. When we redid this stage, the whole dream is that we have a community drama team here in our church. And that people from the community who would never go to church, they become part of this drama. And then they work together for weeks and weeks and weeks, months. They find out who Christ is, and they put on their big show. Those are the dreams, all right? Those are the dreams. Those are just my dreams. You, you've got your own dreams. That happens when we move from generous, from greedy to generous. When you think about your generosity, not toward people, but toward God. And so I've got a couple who's going to come and share, David and Julie Venegas, a little bit about their giving story, what giving has been like for them. So you guys come on out. Uh, as they're coming out, they're going to be able to set up the chairs and get, get all that going, and, and, and away we go. Um, <clears throat> I want to review the points with you one more time, right? The whole thing is you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. The bigger the container that you use, the bigger the container God uses to pour back into your life. That, that God uses or God wants to change you more than he wants the money. That's, that's really what it's all about. And that the way that God provides for his church is through us. It's through his people. So David, Julie, you guys ready? Here we go. So guys, would you please uh, share us your giving story and then I'll be back in a few minutes. Got it. Hello, Skyline family. Uh, my name is David and um, it's a pleasure to be here to speak to you all today. Um, Good morning. My name, my, my voice sounds raspy because I was just yelling at Ryan. Games get crazy, so I'm sorry. But my name is Chuli. I am his wife. Good morning. Okay, so we want to uh, speak on our experience, experiences in tithing. So my initial experience with tithing was one of which, um, I would, if you will say, um, giving through works. So what that means is. Basically, when I gave, um, I felt a connection with God, and when I didn't, I didn't feel so connected. Um, I knew that the Bible said that God loves a cheerful giver, 
but I was struggling with the fact of thinking, why am I so mad? Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, just interacting with those thoughts within myself um, kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. And ultimately, I started straying away from church and then stopped going altogether. Um, the experience I had was at a very young age. I started to see that my parents were tied. Um, my father was a factory worker and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and we were five kids. And we ate a lot and we were growing and I don't know how my parents did it, but all I know is that my mom and my dad used to tell me that Malachi 3.10 is serious and to test God and that God will provide always. So that was my experience about tithing. So in that, um, throughout that time when we stopped going to church, we would watch um, messages on the TV like Joe Austin, T.D. Jakes, or whatever preacher we were connecting with through the TV. But we, we missed that connection of having a home church. We didn't want to go to church anymore. <laughs> but, but we missed that connection um, of, you know, having that home church and congregating and such. So out of a series of events, um, my wife ended up doing makeup for a wedding um, for Veronica, which she um, attended attend Skyline, and uh, they invited her to church. And so we took them up on that offer. Um, we came, we loved it. Um, it was during the love series. And, um, you know, I used to always see Pastor Chris at the end of the service say, hey, God doesn't want your money, he wants your heart. And so I used to say, oh, great, I'll just give him my heart then. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I was still transitioning into starting to give again because I kind of got comfortable not giving. Um, and so, yeah, so that was uh, my experience when, when we found Skyline. With me, um, it was more like I came to Skyline and I saw where the giving went. Um, I didn't experience that before. Um, I thought giving was, well, if you give to God, then he blesses you. If you give to God, then, you know, he'll be happy with you. That kind of exchange. It was never like, you just give to God because he's so good to you. You just give to God because he's given you so much that it's overpouring out of your life. And you could just give, give to others. And you could share what God has done with you, with others. And you could build the kingdom of God and reach people that don't know Jesus. And so that was my experience of joyfully giving and that's when I learned about joyfully giving but then it started to get really scary so um around the time when the freedom to grow campaign kicked off um you know we made the commitment that we were going to start giving um and so I made every excuse in the book I told her hey you know I get paid cash I don't even know how much I'm gonna make by the end of each week yada 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 I just made every excuse in the book and so my wife being the numbers woman that she is she crunched down the numbers and said okay look here's the number that you should be given um and you know we, we started giving that number um and so after that started a series of events happened of some bad decisions that i made um where i ended up in debt with the irs over sixty thousand dollars um so when it really hit me was a week before my rent was due my car payment all our bills um, the IRS garnished all my money from my account. Um, and 
at that point, I had to. We had a dollar, one dollar. They yeah. took everything. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I said, why didn't they take the whole thing? But um, in any event, I had to ask my. <laughs> they left a dollar, wow. So I had to uh, ask my dad for some money, borrow some money from him so I could pay my bills and ultimately figure out how we were gonna keep doing things moving forward because I basically couldn't have a bank account, otherwise my money would get garnished and then I wouldn't have no money. Um, and so, you know, fear crept in and, you know, we thought, how, how are we gonna continue giving now? We just made this commitment. Should we continue giving or or should we just, you know, try to get our stuff together and, you know, put that to the side for the moment? Um, th with that, at that time, we saw that we continued to give, he continued to give, and just everything got awesome. Um, we, you know, we bought a house, everything was great. But then fear came again for me. Uh, and that was when um, God has asked me to leave my job. I was making lucrative money. I had my career all set. I finally saw the fruit of going to college, and I just felt like this is it. But God was tugging in my heart and was like, mm, yeah, I need you to stay home with your kids. And that was scary because now how are things going to gonna get paid I mean I get mostly all the money I'm the one with the insurance I cover everything and then David came to me and was like we we could do this we'll be fine we'll we'll be okay and what's the number that we need a month and I was like uh this is the number then he told me um I said monthly, not yearly. And I told him, no, that is the monthly number for us to pay our bills. He took a deep breath. Oh, that's the number. Yeah, we go, we got this. God got us. God got this. And my heart sunk like, God got us. God, he looked so confused. Like, I don't know. And on top of that, he comes to me and says, listen, I'm going to go straight into real estate. Straight into real estate. I'm transitioning from barbershop to real estate. I'm like, so I'm leaving my job. You're going to stop cutting, and you're going to go straight to a, basically a commission job. Okay. So we're going, we're getting crazy. And my thing was also like um, Malachi 3.10 says, and I'm going to read it really quick. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. So I had to let go of control completely of trying to be the boss and trying to run things and just let God run and do, take its course. So when I actually told her, yeah, God got this. Don't worry about it. We'll make it happen. I'm not even sure I believed what I was saying. <laughs> but um, I had made a vow around that same time. You know, I prayed and I said, all right, um, I'm not sure if this is something that will work. But I said, hey, God, um, I'm going to start giving you 10% of each one of my transactions. 
I don't know if this is gonna cause my transactions to go up or down or what, but I'm going to commit to doing it. Um, and so I did, I, I committed to doing that. Um, and it wasn't like an overnight thing. I knew that I had to put in the work and I knew that we had the budget. And basically I knew, that I, I, knew I had to work hard but I needed God's supernatural grace to show up because at the time my wife was making six figures. I was making a little bit more than half of that. I'm less than half of that actually, not more. Um, so she, over the life of our marriage, she, she was the, you know, the, the big breadwinner. And I was okay with that to be honest. But, but um, you know, it, it didn't make me feel less of who I am. Um, but I knew that if I were to step up into that role and be the financial leader of my home, I needed my income to double. So I basically needed to make at least double of what we were making together with her being the initial, um, you know, bringing the initial big money home. Um, and then, uh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I gotta say, um, through all this time, I've seen the glory of God, and I've seen Malachi 310 really come from being a kid and not ever going to sleep without eating or without any light or anything. I saw God provide. I've also seen God provide in the most miraculous ways. When this man decided to change his career in the most worst economy time, he, he's good with timing, and um, I seen God give him a building that he thought he would never have, that we thought we would never have. It's just God's glory, but fear, fear is still there as of today because we're opening a broker's office, and it's a pandemic. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do this, but this is where God leads. So uh, would you say God changed your finances more or changed you more? Um, I think uh, all the way around, maybe 100, uh, 360 degrees type thing, she, he changed our marriage. Um, we've grown in closer together in our relationship, um, how we discipline our kids, and our income has pretty much exploded. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to uh, show you the facts next. And before I do, I want you to know this right up front. Um, God is responsible for our church. God is responsible to provide for our church. He does that through his people, through the indiv individual acts of his people. And whenever things look bad, and we've experienced this over and over again with, with COVID and with uh, Walking through these, this prayer time, we're like, whoa, no, we, we want to turn back to God. We want to turn back to God. And, and we see him provide. And so before I share these numbers with you, I want you to know that's my perspective. This is not to, to give you fear. It's to encourage you in the sense of, wait a minute, God wants me to do something about that. Here's our budget since uh, COVID hit, uh, or this is where our, our budget is, is laid out or divided. And since COVID hit, we, we lost about 25% of our giving. And so the way our budget works out is 56% is uh, personnel. And so the business team is trying to do all they can not to cut salaries. And 16% is facilities. 
Uh, we don't want to lose the building, so those are, those are fixed costs. They stay. Uh, and then the rest of this is ministry things. And so you can see it's a small piece of the pie. So when you cut 25%, you cut almost all of this pie. It means that practically speaking, we, we don't have funds for the Easter egg hunt. We don't have funds for gifts that we give first-time guests. We don't have funds for snacks for the kids in their classes. Uh, it goes on and on. Anything that you see happen ministry-wise, uh, there just, just isn't any funds for it. They all go for all of the rest of those pieces. And so I just want to share that with you this morning. Um, I don't want you to worry. About, I want you to know about it. But what I want you to focus on, on is your interaction with God, your generosity with God, what he, the principles we talked about. Pete's got one more idea that I, I thought was a tremendous idea. Pete, would you come on out and share? Pete is our Life Groups Director. He did uh, the 40 days for us. And so, Pete, what you got? Okay, so um, over the last 40 days, um, Life Groups have uh, been learning about prayer, uh, learning how to pray for a breakthrough, learning how to pray in a crisis, and also uh, just learning how to talk to their creator on a personal level. Um, but the way that God takes us serious uh, when we pray is if we fast. Um, it shows commitment to him that you're willing to step out in faith um, and listen to what he has to say. Um, so we're going to be doing a social media fast next week. Um, so what that will look like is um, however much time you spend on social media throughout the course of the day, you're going to spend that time in his word. Um, you're going to be praying and asking God for his wisdom with this series uh, during the generosity series. Um, so if you don't have social media, like myself, uh, I'm encouraging you to give up something else. Um, so for me, on my phone, I can spend countless hours scrolling through YouTube video after YouTube video. So instead of doing that, I'm asking you to put that down um, and pray to God and ask him to use you uh, in the way that he sees fit. Awesome, awesome, okay. A uh, couple questions. Uh, we, we stream. Does that mean they can't stream? No. So social media that we're talking about is um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, whatever your vice may be. Um, we're just looking for you to give that time up and spend that with God. Oh, so you said next week. Give me the exact, like, are we talking tomorrow, Monday? Nope. Are we talking so a week talking from Monday? Next Sunday after the, the final uh, sermon on the series. Uh, when you go home with your cards, you're going to be able to really ask God what he wants from you. Awesome. All right, so what we're talking about here, thanks, man, super. Uh, what, we're talk, what, we're, what we're talking about here is we, this week, we're introducing the faith promise, right, for you to begin to work through that card. We really want you to spend this week praying, right? You don't need to pull out the card this week. You need to work on the card this week. We want you to spend this week praying, and Pete came up with a great idea of, whoa, social media praying, you guys are going to pray more than you've ever prayed before. And uh, the simple principle of, wait, the time you waste on your phone, right? And this is how you do it, guys. When you catch yourself doing it, you stop right then and you pray. You catch yourself doing it, you stop right then and you pray. And you pray through what we talked about today, right? You pray through, whoa, God, are you, are you telling me that if I were to trust you and commit to 10% that in less than five years, I won't be afraid of giving 10%. I'll be, I'll be going, wait, you mean I have so much? I need to figure out if I can give more? Wait, wait God, God you're, you're, 
pray about this. God, you're saying that if I give 10%, you're going to change me. You're going to change who I am. And therefore, you're going to end up changing my marriage and my work. Can I, can I trust you for that? Is that the promise you've made for me? And, and God, my church, like we're, we're in serious financial trouble from a budget standpoint. Is it true that you, you want to use me? And that if I, if I take this step of this 10%, I'm going to be amazed at what you do. And, and take the verses that I use today and carry them with you. When, you. when you fast and you pray, pull out those verses. Wrestle with those verses. That's God talking to you. Don't wrestle with what I talk to you about. Wrestle with those verses and what God talks to you about. I'm very excited about the generosity that is going to grow in your heart. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for David and Julie's story. Thank you for the generosity that you pour into us. Yes, every day, but, but to send your son to give the most valuable thing you have to set us free. Wow! The generosity that you've given us as a church, the love that we have for each other as a church, the generosity you've given where week after week after week we get to watch stories. People share their stories. And you've genuinely changed them. Most of all, Lord, I thank you for the generosity that has led to joy in so many of our hearts. I think of the people who walked into Skyline, their heads were down, they were discouraged, they looked sad. They, they, you could look in their eyes and the life wasn't there. And now they walk into church, they walk into their families and their eyes are bright with joy because of all that you poured into them. Lord, you're amazing. I pray. Lastly, Lord, I ask that for all of us, as we prepare for this fast, that we would put things into place that will practically allow us to set aside the exact same amount of time we, we waste on social media and pour that into talking to you. In your name we pray. Amen.